Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Andre. I'm also from Bible College. And, uh, you know, there's something to be said about the transformative power of consistency. Um, you know, what I mean by that is when you dedicate yourself to a task, to something specific, whatever it may be, right, if it's physical exercise, you know, in one month's time, in five months' time, in three years' time, there's massive change. But it doesn't happen overnight. At least we don't see it. But the people beside us, right, in one week and three weeks, they notice the change. They look at you and say, wow, you're changing. Your, your, your features are changing. Something's going on. What are you doing? You must be exercising. You must be working out, right? And the same thing is true in the spiritual. You know, when we apply ourselves to God's word, to when we expose ourselves to God's powerful messages constantly on a, on a daily or on a two times a week or three times, four times a week basis, um, it tends to change us. Whether we want it to change us or not, it tends to change us because we're exposed to very powerful words. Um, you know, I've, I've been involved in Bible college for over 10 years now. For the first few, three, four years, I was a student, and then I joined as a staff member, and I've been helping out ever since. And um, I've noticed massive changes, changes in my life because I'm a very analytical person, so I try to reflect on myself and uh, my life all the time, and so I started to change, I started to notice tremendous change in my perspective of God, in my perspective of, of God's Word, and the way I related to God's Word, and the way I understood God's Word, and it started to make a lot more sense to me. So I want to say that Bible college necessarily doesn't necessarily change people. I mean, I say this every single year I visit churches, um, God's Word does. Jesus does, and the Holy Spirit changes people, but it expo Bible college is a place where it exposes. Just like youth here, right? You're exposed to God's Word. You're exposed to messages. You're exposed to songs and worship, to prayer, and that is a spiritual um, kind of spiritual atmosphere in which you can grow, in which the Holy Spirit can speak to you. And so I just want to invite you guys, if you feel the calling, if the Holy Spirit's working on you and he's saying, hey, son, Hey, daughter, I want to have a stronger relationship with you. I want you to understand my word better. I want to deepen my relationship with you. Then please answer that call. Come visit Bible College September 9th. We start at 7 p.m. It's every Monday and every Thursday. Um, and I like to say that Bible College is family and fellowship. It's family and fellowship. And I see some uh, students here. Um, thank you guys for being here. And thank you for being in Bible college. It's really nice to see you guys. I, I count everybody as, uh, as family that's there. And it's really nice to be together. Every time, um, a believer, every time believers gather together, it's like flesh and blood together. It's, it's a strong bond. And so um, that fellowship is really felt in Bible college. Each class is two weeks long. Uh, you register for each class individually. So say you can't make it for a class because of school or you got to leave for a missionary trip or you're going on vacation or you just don't feel like going for a week or two. Um, you don't have to register for that class. Each class is two weeks long and they're all in English. So um, if you guys have any questions, feel free to come up to me um, or ask, ask them away. If you have any questions right now, I'll, I'll try to answer them throughout this, maybe not during the sermon, but maybe in the next couple minutes. Um, The message that I wanted to share with us tonight is, is this. Um, 
As I was reading scripture a couple weeks ago, um, God opened, or I understood this passage in a unique way, and I wanted to share that with you guys today. Uh, I don't want to necessarily say that this isn't my word, this is God's word. It just opened up to me in a unique way, and I, and I hope it opens up to you guys in this same unique way that would be able to um, help you understand scripture and help us uh, help God's word get through to our hearts so that we could start living a more abundant and uh, more powerful Christian life. So we read John 21, 1 through 12 just earlier. And I want to read this passage once again. And I really want to emphasize some of the key points. And if you guys have your Bibles, please open up. I'm going to try to emphasize and s- see if you can stay with me and see if you can notice any of these emphasis and if you can get the idea of um, what's going on here. Um, you know, a lot of times where uh, there's sermons about this passage that, you know, it's, it's all about the abundance of the fish. It's all about, you know, uh, Jesus tells them to fish here, and then he tells them to go and fish for people. Um, it opened up to me in a way that I think it's, a, it's very relatable to each one of us, regardless of our situation or position or um, influence of life. So, John 12, um, John 21, 1 through 12. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And he revealed himself in this way. All right. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were, now they were not able to haul it because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard this, that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garments, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came to the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. When they got out of the land, they saw the charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went uh, aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish. And although there, was, uh, there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. The first thing that I wanted to point out here and apply to each one of us is that we all in our life fish. We don't necessarily fish for fish themselves, but we fish, right? We fish for attention. We fish for love. We fish for acceptance. We fish for fulfillment. We fish for understanding. We fish to be understood. We fish for knowledge. We fish for truth. We fish for wisdom and happiness. For self-improvement, for some ambitious big goals. We fish to know ourselves better. We fish to become someone. To make an impact in our ministry. We fish for success. We fish for a lot of things in life, and we always look for those things. And you know, this night, when the disciples went out and they said, you know what, we're going fishing. We're going to go try to catch some fish. 
And they spent all night and they caught nothing. And you know how that is so true in our lives when sometimes we spend so much of our energy, so much of our life trying to fish for something that we really want in life. Some of those things that I mentioned, you know, love, acceptance, attention, understanding. We fish for those things all of our life and it seems like we just can't get a hold of those things. If you look at Proverbs 14.12, it says this interesting uh, phrase. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. There is no future in this way. Essentially, that's what the author is saying. He's saying, there is a way that seems right to us. There's a way that seems right to gain attention. There's a way that seems right to gain love. There's a way that seems right to get knowledge and truth and understanding. And there's a way to gain success. We think that this is the way, and so we pursue that way. We cast our nets, and we cast it all night long, all of our life. We cast this net trying to gain something. But there is a way that seems right to a man. It seems right to us. It seems like it's the right thing to do. Well, just common sense. That's logical. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. This is where I have to go to make more money. This is where I have to go to get more love. This is who I have to go to to get more acceptance. It seems logical. But this way that seems logical and seems right to a man is the way to death. Essentially, there is no future in this specific way. There's no future in this path. You will not find what you're looking for. This path, this way, leads nowhere. We all fish. The second point is that Jesus waits and Jesus speaks. Let's look at verse 4. It said, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. How many times in our life Jesus stands at the shore of our life? He stands and he waits and he looks at us. And maybe we look at him too and maybe we see him, but we don't recognize that's God. We don't recognize that's Jesus. We don't recognize that's who and where we're supposed to go for our guidance. That's who and who we're supposed to get our information from. That's who we're supposed to get that wisdom from, right? Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. A lot of times in our life, we don't know that it's Jesus. And he's standing right beside us. He's standing right at the shore. We're, we're so close to the shore. We're fishing for all these things in life. And Jesus is just standing there patiently, quietly. Revelations 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door. If, if, if you hear my voice. Because Jesus speaks. Jesus talks. If you hear my voice. Because I stand. I stand at the door and I knock. John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. And so Jesus doesn't just stand there. And that's the, that's the beauty of this whole picture is that Jesus doesn't just stand on the shore and expect his disciples to, to, to um, communicate with him. He doesn't just stand there and expect some kind of um, initiation from them first. He speaks. How does Jesus speak? How does he speak in our life? Well, he speaks through his word. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is profitable. All scripture. Whether you read the New Testament whether you read the Old Testament, whether you read anything in between, you can always hear God's voice speaking to you through his word if you listen hard enough. 
Jesus speaks not only through his word, but he speaks through nature. Romans 1.20, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. Jesus speaks through other believers. You know, he speaks through prophets. He speaks through uh, apostles in the, uh, in the Bible. You know, he'll speak to us through our friends and through our parents and through our coworkers, sometimes through instructors and teachers. You know, sometimes God even speaks through a donkey. You guys know that story, right? Like, he opened up the mouth of the donkey and the donkey literally spoke. If God really wants to get to you, he's going to speak. But the thing is, if you listen, if, that's a big if, behold, I stand at the door and knock, if anyone hears my voice. God can make a rock speak to you if he wanted to. But if you were to close your eyes and close your heart and close your ears, you wouldn't hear what God's trying to say. God also speaks through circumstances. We see in the plagues of Egypt, God spoke so many times to the Israelites of his power. He spoke to the Egyptians of his power. You know, God spoke through the circumstance of testing Abraham. He said, Abraham, go. Go sacrifice your son. I want you to, to know what it feels like to, to trust fully in me and not in your son. He spoke to him through that circumstance. God speaks through his spirit. John 14, 17 says, his spirit dwells in us. And God speaks to us through prayer. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. But the problem is sometimes we don't even know that it's Jesus. We don't know that Jesus is literally standing right next to us, willing and wanting to speak to us, trying to get our attention, and we're so busy with life, so busy casting our net on the wrong side of the boat. Just like the disciples in the story that did not know it was Jesus. But my fourth point is this, is that clear direction is found in our obedience. The moment we open our ears, open our eyes, open our hearts to Jesus, to his call, to what he's trying to, speak, what he's trying to say to us in our life. You know, when we're fishing for anything, I mean anything, absolutely anything. When we're trying to gain, get somewhere, when we're trying to gain something. God has a specific purpose and has a specific direction. And he says, this is the way that you will get what you're, trying to, what you're looking for. And this is the way that you won't. You will be fishing all of your life and you'll, never come, uh, and you'll always come up short if you do it your way. Clear directions found in our obedience. And what he says is really interesting. And this is what I hope you guys picked up when I was reading this, um, this out loud. He said, cast the net on the right side of the boat. And I just love that phrase. When I read this passage a couple weeks back, it just stood out to me, like, on the right side of the boat. So it seems, it's, it's as though it's indicating they have been fishing and casting the net on the wrong side of the boat. Like, to me, that, that's how I got it. I was like, wow, they've been fishing all night on the wrong side of the boat. It's so simple. It's literally, I mean, what is it, a couple feet, maybe 20 feet? How big was that boat? Maybe 25 feet, right? And the fish were, like, all right there. He says, fish on the right side of the boat. Often we fish for success on the wrong side of life in general, on the wrong side. Just like I mentioned earlier, we try to gain these things. We try to get fulfillment. We try to get success. We try to find maybe the perfect soulmate. Um, 
We look for someone. We look for something. We look for, for grades. We look for uh, acknowledgement. You know, we, maybe we want to be plugged into ministry and we, we pursue it in one specific direction, one specific way, and we're, maybe we're met with some opposition or it's not going where it's supposed to go. It's as though we're fishing on the wrong side of life. And <clears throat> we must hear Jesus give us proper direction to cast efforts into the right direction, into the right side of the boat. Because Jesus will lead us to the right side of all our pursuits, to the correct side. And that's where we will get abundance of, uh, of a catch. That's where we'll get an abundance of whatever we're trying to fish for. Um, you know, it's really interesting in this passage that when Jesus told them and they listened, right? At first they said, in another, in another uh, and I think it was in Matthew, Luke, not John, Luke. It says, Jesus, we have fished all night, right? There's a different instance and it's a, di- and it's a different story. But um, the, the apostles say, Jesus, we fished all night and caught nothing. But by your word, we will do this. And so they caught fish. And it's the second time Jesus pretty much does the same thing. And they listened. And and what happens in our lives at times is that God will talk to us through other people and say, hey, try this. Try something different. Try this different avenue. Try this this other thing. It seems so minute. It's like, oh, I, I, I pretty much did almost the same thing. I pretty much have been doing almost that same thing my whole life, and I've been coming short. I think I just got to keep doing it until I get there. You know, and we don't want to make the minor change. But sometimes that's all it takes, just a minor change. I mean, your net's going left versus your net's going right. It's not like you're swimming to a completely different ocean or a completely different lake or you're using different tools. You're using literally the same thing, everything. You're just heeding to advice that's causing a small change, a minor adjustment to catch what you're trying to catch. And you know, when we do heed to God's word, when we do listen to what Jesus has to say, most oftentimes it will be the place where we have not yet cast our nets. Though it be small, though it be a little bit different, but it's going to be the place we have not cast our nets yet. And when we do catch, when we do have a breakthrough, when we do have success, let's put it that way, when we have success in the task that we've said before us, that we, we, we really want to catch, whatever it may be, whatever it, we may want to attain. It's not just two fish that go into this net. It's not three. It's not five. It's not even ten, which is, I mean, it's a big deal to catch ten fish in a net. You know, If any of you are fishers, you understand it's not easy to catch fish. Um, it's a lot more. It's, it, was, it, it was 153 of them, but... What's interesting here is that although there were so many, the net was not torn. In essence, it's saying this net should have torn from this amount of fish, but the, but the net did not tear. In other words, what God is prepared to bless you with, if you listen to his word, what he's prepared to give you, you will be able to contain that because he is blessing you with that. Otherwise, Human, if we think about it humanly, right, the net, our capacity, would not hold that, that amount of abundance, that amount of overflow. But with God's direction, with God's blessing, it will, and it will not tear. And so, Proverbs 3, verse 5, 
calls us to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And that's what happens oftentimes to us. I mean, I've, I've caught myself guilty, guilty as charged on this premise here that lean not on your own understanding. It's so difficult not to lean on your own understanding, especially when you constantly analyze, when you constantly think, when you constantly rationalize, you weigh things out. And it's as though you're saying, okay, God, you've given me a brain. You've given me this ability and capacity to think and to consider and to weigh my options and to make a wise decision. How is that wrong? How is that wrong for me to utilize these, these gifts that you've given me, right? This, this ability to think. Yet it says, lean not on your own understanding. It doesn't mean you're... You can't think, you can't consider, you can't weigh your options, you can't make a wise decision. It means don't lean on it. Don't bank on your own understanding. Don't think that you know it all. Don't think that you can figure it all out. Don't think that you can go out in life and fish all of your life and get what you're looking for without God, without leaning on him. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. The fifth point that I wanted to make here is that when abundance comes, when breakthrough comes, when we feel the presence of God break through our life and we've been wanting something so long, so hard, and we come to Jesus, finally we hear his voice, finally we listen, finally we have the breakthrough, we have the success, we have what we've been wanting all this time, we have to recognize it was God. Verse 7 says, That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, It is the Lord. He recognized the movement and the power of his Savior. He recognized that this is Jesus. This isn't just some sort of man. This isn't just some sort of magician. This isn't some advisor. This isn't some counselor. This isn't some worldly guru that's written ten books. This isn't somebody that's just worldly wise. This is our Lord. Oftentimes we will get advice from people to tell us, how to live our lives, how to do things. Um, And yeah, maybe we might have some success in that, but we won't have ultimate success. If, If we don't listen to Jesus, we won't have that ultimate success. And when we do have that ultimate success, we have to recognize that it was God. We have to give him the glory. And I know I'm walking a fine line here because you can say, well, so I read on the internet or on YouTube I heard from this one pastor or this evangelist said this quote or even this worldly person. Yes, God can use worldly people in our life. He can give us um, information that we need, just, just enough, just that last drop to change our life. But the thing is, that information that we see from the world, that we see, receive from the internet, we see from other people, we can't give credit to those people. We have to credit God. Because God is the one that's sending those things, sending those messages our way. Like I mentioned earlier, God speaks to us in very different forms, in very different ways, through people, through prayer, through his spirit, through circumstances. He can speak through the internet. He can speak through YouTube. Whatever it is, the ultimatum at the end of all of this is to give God the glory, to recognize that it was him. We must see that Jesus is the reason for breakthroughs and for our success. 
How often do we fish for success on the wrong side of life? We need to hear Jesus speak into our life and give us the proper direction of casting our efforts into the right direction. We can spell all of our night, right, all of our life pursuing something that doesn't bring fruit, that in the end results is futile. We must be willing and ready to hear God's voice to give us insight because he will lead us to the right side of our pursuits towards fruitfulness, the right perspective for understanding the right ministry for fulfillment, the right everything. And it'll be the side that we have not yet cast our nets of our life. And once we see the abundant results of God's direction, we must recognize that it was Jesus all along and give him glory. We all fish for something in our life. We all fish for success. Whether this success is spiritual whether this success is emotional, whether this success is financial, physical, whatever it may be. Whenever we have breakthroughs, whenever we develop, whenever we change, whenever we grow, I think it's important to recognize God and give him glory. Give him glory for everything that happens in your life, every, every good thing that happens in our life. And it's vitally important to Learn to hear his voice because he stands at the door, he knocks, he waits, and he does speak. So with that, um, let's stand and pray. Let's stand and pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this message, God. I thank you for your word that you've left for us and you teach us that you are there for us. You're always there for us when we come short, when we can't find...